You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, and thank you for joining me for The Scoop with Tanya Flanagan. I'm so happy you decided to wake up and start your day with me. Here on The Scoop, where we talk about life, joy, funny moments, trending topics, and so much more. We promise to keep you in the know and find out what you know. So, let's get started. Good morning, and welcome to this final Sunday morning in October. Thank you once again for waking up to join me, Tanya Flanagan, here on The Scoop on KUNV Public Radio 91.5. As we all know, the month of October is two very important, um, two very focus of two very important issues, one being breast cancer, but the other being domestic violence. And I spent the majority of the month talking about breast cancer as a breast cancer survivor, but I wanted to make sure proper um, time and respect was given to an, an, the other domestic violence because so many women and families and people um are overcomers and survivors of domestic violence. And at the same time, we've lost many loved ones to unfortunate tragedies that should have and could have maybe should have been prevented, but we're not. And so this morning, we're talking about domestic violence. It's Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And I have two guests with me to talk with you. And I hope that we leave you with something that is insightful. I am am delighted and um, privileged to welcome Dr. Mary L. House of Mountaintop Faith Ministries, but also of CHR. And so Caring, Helping, Restoring Ministries, her nonprofit that focuses on domestic violence and helping um, disadvantaged families. Dr. House, good morning. Good morning, and thank you for having me. And I'm excited about this program. Thank you for being here. I'm excited to share with the audience the work that you do, um, the resource that you are in our community. So thank you. We also have joining Dr. House and I, um, a woman who's a friend, but I'm going to refer to her this morning just by Rashawn, um, a survivor of domestic violence. And she has decided that she has the courage and the desire to be transparent enough to share her story with us. Rashawn, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. And I'm happy to be on here with Dr. House. And she is definitely an amazing pillar in our community. Yes. So without further ado, let's jump into it. Um, Dr. House, we'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about your nonprofit and your story and what inspired you to do this do this work in the community. Well, um, CHR Inc., my husband and I co-founded it in May of 1996. And we started out being um, just a like a transitional home for single parent moms or single women who just didn't have a place to stay. So we had a house that we did that with. As it has evolved, um, we help with, we've done employment and training, um, and um, we have done community events, but we moved into domestic violence, um, being an advocate for that. And the reason why, Tanya, is because I'm a childhood survivor. So we always talk about the people who've gone through it, but... Uh, my dad 
wasn't really nice to my mom. Mm. I'm growing up. I'm the middle okay. child. There's three above me, three beneath me. So I, I witnessed um, a lot of verbal abuse mm -hmm. um, when he was an alcoholic. So when he got really drunk and he was home and they might get into confrontations. Uh, my mother literally died with a, a knife um, slash across her upper thigh. And I can remember mm. when that happened that night. Mm. Um, I remember my dad accidentally pushing my mother down the stairs one time. Mm. And um, I would just seeing that. So it went from my mother who decided she was never going to leave my father. That was her. It um, was the way they it were. It was what she said. Mm. I knew what I married when I married him because mm. I would ask the question, why are you staying with him? Right. Yeah. And so my mother said, but I knew what I married when I married him. She loved him. And I loved Keyword. She loved him. She loved him. Ooh, she loved him. And then she went. It went from that to my oldest sister mm. getting married to a heroin addict. And I remember becoming an auntie at ten years old. Okay, that was so exciting. Was however, right. but my sister would call me over to her apartment to watch my nephew while her husband was beating her in the other room. <gasps> and then he would leave out. And she would come and she would sit by me, tears running down her eyes while I was watching my nephew. And we just never said nothing, just watched TV. Okay, here's my sister. Then my next oldest sister, she marries a heroin addict. Hmm. I am eyewitnessing her, him beating the heck out of her in our house with a belt. So I'm next, right? Mm -hmm. I thought, what the, what? No, right. no, 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 no. I got three sisters under me. Somebody has to stop this generational curse. Mm. And I went on a campaign that I took on for myself from a child that that was not going to happen from this point on. We were beautiful women who just made terrible decisions. As a result, with CHNR, I decided to create a monthly platform where we have empowerment workshops. We don't call them domestic violence workshops, just so if person that's in a situation, she can't tell her perpetrator, oh, I'm going to a workshop or I'm tuning into a workshop about domestic violence because all that might do is get her killed. It's just an empowerment workshop where women come and we chitter chat. But we have a topic every month. But afterwards, if you want help, we can help you. You need to talk it out. So I think about my mother. What if my mother had someplace every month that she could just come to, first of all, get empowered. But if she wanted to share something, she could share it. And it was confidential. And it was a place where she could say, God, I got that off my chest. Mm -hmm. You know? And so that's how CHNR, um, that's our platform that we do. And it's absolutely free. We send people for social services to those organizations that handle that. But I noticed there was nothing in our community where we could just come together and just talk. Because, you know, we got to talk. You know, you know, people need to talk. People need... Um, First, let me just... you. Few people leave me somewhat speechless, but um, it's powerful what you shared mm. and what you took um, as a negative and didn't allow it to trample you but to empower you to make a difference mm -hmm. because so many women, I mean, 
you sometimes don't even realize you're being abused, right? Right. And self-esteem. And, and Gina, in a second, I want you to share your story so that we have both of them laid out as we talk about the space that we're coming from and um, with domestic violence and how we deal with it. But we don't realize we're being mistreated mm-hmm. or abused. Yes, you do if someone's hitting you. But with verbal abuse, which is what you mentioned first, people don't always realize the psychological trauma of someone saying something to them verbally. And I don't care if they try to say it about themselves like, oh, you're never going to find a better man than me or I'm a boss, you know, and, you know, whatever. And it's it's something about things like that that um, may eat away at you mm-hmm. or I'm the only one who cares about you. Anybody else is just trying mm-hmm. to come at you for what they can get or they just want to sexually get over on you. And people, men will say things to women, right? Mm-hmm. Some of what they're saying is in their mind, they're building themselves up, but they don't realize that it also may have a negative effect on the woman where you're tearing her down. Yeah, you're a bit of a narcissist, but if she starts to buy into your story that you're so fabulous, then she gets hoodwinked and bamboozled into thinking that maybe you're the best thing she's ever come across and she's lucky mm-hmm. to have you and nobody else is going to want her. Mm-hmm. And so whatever you do becomes tolerable and it slowly becomes this place that um, eats away at you and it deteriorates your self-value and what you see of yourself. And I think verbal abuse is... Um, Because I'm in communications, you know, Mm -hmm. my background is is journalism. And so communications is really crucial to me, Um, how people talk to one another, how they treat one another and when they choose to have the conversation, the ability to receive what someone is saying to you Mm -hmm. and the sensitivity to care about how you're delivering that message. And that's a component of abuse that really disturbs me at many levels of people. And because we think about. Um, also, what really caught me was you were a child watching your father um, be abusive towards your mom. And we're about, I think, in the same age space. So we were young at the same time growing up in a time when we watched wives. It was it was the era when people just stayed together through the thick and the thin. It didn't matter what was happening. Mm-hmm. People hunkered down and stayed, even if it wasn't good for them in the mindset of, I knew what I married. I understand him because I love him so much. Rashawn, come in and tell us about your story. We want to hear what you've gone through, and then we'll continue to dialogue together. Okay. Well, I want to piggyback off of Dr. House because I think this is a good segue for me because it was different for me. I I saw a loving father growing up. I saw... um, a loving father to my to my mother, to me, um, to the community. When I say uh, there was no, I never witnessed no abuse, no harm to anyone, and that is why I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready. Not only was I not ready, um, I had been married a couple times before this this last um, relationship, and it and, and and I didn't have that story. I didn't have that story, you know, of why I was not with my, my previous partner. So I wasn't ready. And, um, I, you know, when I'm going to this, I want people to understand that I'm titling this that my, I had domestic violence at the hands of a hero. At the hands of a hero. And when I came to terms that I had been abused by the man that so many had looked at as their hero, including me, 
it shocked me to even understand that my abuse had began long before I actually accepted it. And I was a victim of domestic violence and didn't know it. Mm. But I need y'all to understand when I call this person a hero, you have, you have to understand he wasn't a, a typical hero. He, he hadn't received any honors, any rewards. He hadn't done any acts of kindness of saving anybody. So he wasn't that type of hero. He was just really an everyday guy that everybody loved him and respected him. And he, and he also had a career that allowed him to be respected as this upstanding person and a type, and this type of career was known as um, a hero. Every, everybody in this type of career, they were known to be heroes. And he had a heart of gold that I thought he had, but it, it was just more of an appearance. Was definitely known as a savior to so many people, not only to me, he was a savior to my family members, to my friends. He was just really, you know, that, that type of guy that you go, wow, um, where did he come from? So did you find, times, did you find yourself in the space where, because Dr. House, you talked about women needing someone to talk to. So Rashawn, did you find yourself in a space where if you thought you wanted to, did you have anyone to talk to? And if you thought you wanted to talk, because now all your friends you're saying and all your family see him as fine and upstanding, you had no one to turn to. So did you find yourself internalizing this? Because how dare you slander this person, this abuser, because everyone sees him as a good person. So she must be crazy because I would love to have, because the people on the outside looking in will see the circumstance because oftentimes abuse is hidden, right? It's Mm -hmm. your dirty little secret and it's happening Mm -hmm. at home and you put on makeup or you put on a turtleneck or you put on a long sleeve, whatever it is that you have to do to hide what is happening until you, because you think you're going to figure it out, right? So did you find yourself just feeling trapped? Both of you can talk about, mm-hmm. like, how does that feel? What is that like? And, and that's a great point, Tanya, that you're making, which is why I do the empowerment workshops. Because how? where would she go to say, I'm in an abusive relationship without people looking at her sideways? Because how could he, if he's this hero, how is he doing this to you? Or what did you do, okay, mm. to make him like this? And that's mm. not at, at it at all. And um, so we create that space. So Tanya could come, Rashawn could hey. come and be on our workshops. And when we got to the end, it said, if anybody wants to discuss something, got something you need to just talk out, mm-hmm. we're here. Because our platform is confidential. I'm very adamant that whatever is said stays stays here. And I'm so adamant, and I'm glad we're doing this on a Sunday, and yes. you, everybody understands I'm a spiritual woman, mm-hmm. that I don't say, I'm coming for you. I say, I'm praying that God comes for you. Yes. yes. Because God will come yeah. for you when you abuse someone. She's already being abused. She doesn't need anybody's mouth on her. Mm-hmm. Never mention it. Yeah. If you do, God's coming for you. Yes. <laughs> and so that's what so we yeah. need them to become. And so we have women that say stuff. Mm-hmm. And then based on what they say, we can give them some guidance or direction, you know, prayerfully. But most importantly, she's got a sisterhood. 
and, and, and access to resources. Yes. Rashawn, what I want to hear from you is what was your turning point? Because you painted the picture of this um, model life, this this great God, this the God that everybody would want to have because he does all these things for all these people, family, friends, you. I mean, what was the turning point? The turning point, and I just want to add this, too, because this even throws a monkey wrench in everything I'm saying. I am a certified um, conflict resolution trainer. I'm a certified domestic violence trainer. I'm a certified dating violence trainer, um, youth interruption violence trainer. I have all of these training. I work with, with, with ladies. I work with young people every day. I know the signs. I know it all. And you asked me what the turning point was. What I said to myself is, I'm going to say this. Every time I face, and I face various different types of abuses because we said it, it could be verbal, it could be emotional, it could be financial, it could be so many different abuses. So people always want to think that you got the black eye, you put the makeup on the eye, you got cuts and bruises. And, you know, society shows this picture of this person who's been dragged down the stairs and look horrible. I had none of that. I didn't have no 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 marks to cover. And my, my turning point um, came a couple times. Now, I've been in this 15 years. Now, think about this. This is 15 years of abuse. And my abuse um, was first, it was he drinks, he, um, he acts out, and he wakes up, he apologizes. I think it's a nightmare. Oh, that was a nightmare. It didn't happen. And then it progressed. Because infidelity became my abuse, okay? Infidelity, um, I'm sorry I did it. I won't do it again. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I got drunk and got that girl's number right in front of you. Oh, I got drunk while we're at Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner. I'm texting a girl telling her that I'm going to come and see her afterwards. That's my emotional. That's my mental abuse. Oh, I don't have any marks and bruises, everybody. I'm good. Because I'm going to stand up to him and I'm going to let him know I'm going to leave you next time. We don't see that as abuse. And I know it's abuse because I teach it. But I kept covering it up. And it, the turning point came one night. I, I didn't want to fail. This was my third time. I didn't want to fail. I, didn't think, I, think I, was, I felt like I, was, I ran last time too quick. I didn't work it out. I wanted to make like this was his last time. He will never do it again because he, he knows I'm a good person. We're good together. Not only is I'm a good person, I think I am, and we're good together. I think that he learned his lesson because this time he cried. He cried longer. He cried longer. He went to my dad. He went to my friends. Oh, he went to the church. He went to the church. And he 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 prayed. He even said he's going to therapy. I'm going to therapy. It's something wrong with me. I'm never doing it again. And then the night, the night I was awakened at the hands of the man that I love for 15 years, beating me out of my sleep, was the night was my turning point. And he beat me out of my sleep because he thought that I had information. I had his phone to find out his dirty little secret. And I ran. 
And I and finally I looked around and I said, Oh wow, I look like the ladies that they show on TV. Now I've been abused all these years, and that night was less than a year ago that I looked at myself and I was in my gown and no shoes, no socks. I had no phone. I had nothing. And I ran for my life. I had nothing. And I, I, and he chased me. And when he chased me, he took the car, he slammed the car into my car, and he attempted to try to open up the door. And I'm looking at um, this, uh, you know, at this person's face. Because when I was beat out of my sleep, I was being choked. And I started screaming for my dead mother. And I asked, God, God, please save me. And I ran and I ran. And all I can remember is everything that I taught women and how I taught people to save themselves. Because I taught this. I used to work for the city of Las Vegas in the alternative citizen division. I used to do this. And I go, I start playing over all the stuff that I taught how to survive. And I ran, and I drove, and I hid, and I hid. And at that time, remember, you guys, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still not, I'm still in shock. I'm hiding. I'm not going to the police station. I'm hiding. I didn't go to my dad's house. I didn't go to my friend's house. I didn't call anyone because now I'm hiding going, I am in domestic violence. And I hide, and then the next morning comes, and I go, what just happened? It's a nightmare. Just like before, he drinks, he gets drunk, and it's all going to go away. But this time, I had the marks and the bruises. I had the marks and the bruises. No, my face wasn't falling off. I didn't have to be hospitalized. I had the marks, and I had the fear, and I had to save myself. But again... As a victim, I'm still protecting. I, I knew where he was. I didn't call the police to have him arrested. I waited two days. Two days I waited to report the, the situation, to report the violence. I waited, and I, and I still wanted to report it the way it could fall in line so I don't look so bad. I didn't want to run in the station with no clothes on and no shoes on. I didn't, I, I didn't want my hair to be standing on top of my hair. I looked like those people that I talked about all the time, that I helped all the time, that I saw on TV. How did I get here? And so that was my turning point, and I knew I couldn't turn back. I could not turn back for all the people that I that relied on me, that I saved over the years, that I've talked to and empowered. I said, you have to leave and never look. I don't care what he gives you. I don't care how many times he go to therapy. I don't know. I don't care how many times he get prayed on, prayed for. You can't. And I, 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 turned, I made the TP. I did the temporary protective order. I changed my locks, and the hardest part was to walk away from family that I loved dearly. Wow. That I and the hardest part was to now have to look at my friends that thought we were this great couple, 
to not have to have them in the parking lot for two hours explaining why we're not together. Oh my! To just be okay with. Yeah. I can't be, and my and this is my and I said I need to get a shirt. The shirt says, "I had to allow cheat team, but I will not allow be team." And now I'm allowing him to cheat and beat. So I had to allow was, cheating, but I'm not allowing beating. That's that, okay, because we um, we had to catch it. Um, let me bring Dr. House back in. Um, what do you say? Because I see your, I see mm-hmm. it in your face. You know, I'm just gonna say what, because that's yeah. all I can say. It was what, 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 what. And as as she was talking, mm-hmm. it it reflects on her mental state. Mm-hmm. And that's why communication is so vital. It 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 just brought up how she she felt so less than her her self esteem shot, yeah. and I think about my mother because I had the most beautiful black mother. She could sing. My mother was talented. She was funny, but all of that went aside. It never developed to who she could be because her self-esteem was so low because of the relationship. Mm-hmm. This lady stays 15 years mm-hmm. hiding from the truth to the family, friends, and co-workers, carrying that weight. I'm one of those friends. I have to actually <laughs> say. Yes. It, I'm sitting here and quite, I'm uh. I've been speechless several times <laughs> in the show this morning because I'm one of those friends. Mm-hmm. I love her. I love you, Rashawn. And I had, so I understand the hero. I now really understand yeah, the she's hero. A hero. Oh, I, she's the hero, but she's I understand. She's mm-hmm. the hero. Mm-hmm. And I understand what she was saying as she was painting the picture mm-hmm. of the persona. Yes. That is affixed to. This, the person that mm-hmm. was in her life. Right. And, and I, I... Can I inject here? Yes. There was... There's a story. There was this little girl who was being abused at home mm-hmm. sexually. Mm. And at church, she was so mannerable, and everybody would say, she's such a pretty girl. Mm-hmm. She's so mannerable. And she grew up, and she said, no one saw or deserved in church that all this prettiness had a secret. And in church, I heard her say, we're a church. I, I kept hearing, he got prayed for, blah, 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 blah. But here she is. Friends, wasn't discerning, looking a little deeper. What is going on? Hear you. That that mm-hmm. we 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 so we're so sometimes we're as so friends, consumed yeah, with our own lives that, that we don't sometimes tap we into. are not looking around us. And I sat with girlfriends <laughs> on the couch at Christmas about mm-hmm. a year or two ago, and we cried and we hugged and we loved because there is a time when with these busy lives and these mm-hmm. great careers that we have and all of this that's going on mm-hmm. and this luxury and this materialism and we, you know it's. All of we that put spiritual on top of it, but all of that, we sometimes fail to just look around us and tap in. Take a look at your girlfriend. Yes, tap in. And see what's really in her eyes mm. and see if the smile is hiding pain 
and see if you should say, how are you today? But not only how are you really want to listen. I went through something really, really hard a couple years ago. I'm still going through it. But a friend taught me what it really means to be a friend. Mm. And when I say, hold my hand, when I say, let me cry, Mm -hmm. when I say, no matter how much I needed to talk about it, that talking is so crucial. Mm-hmm. It, it it was just yeah. so important. We are so, you know, we're out of time. Yeah. And I want to say I this. I want to say, say thank you. We need Let to, people know how they can find okay. you to get C-H- help. Say that C- instead because C-H-N-R. we're so out of time. CHNR, you can go to chrinc.net and sign up for our newsletter so you know when we're doing our monthly workshops so that you can be part of a conversation because it is in that com- in that arena where we can hug you. Okay. We can let you cry. Is there a phone number or anything they can call? Um, is, is online the best? Online is the best, and okay. then we can take it from there. I, okay. I can't think of my number off the top. I think it's 702 212 Okay. I hope that's right. Yes, uh, it is. Rashawn, anything you want to leave us with? We're out of time. We may have to come back and unpack some more of this. <laughs> anything you want to say? I just really want everybody to know reporting is difficult because your abuser will attempt to make you feel guilty, feel sorry, make you fearful. And they will include family and friends to talk you out of reporting. Don't look back. Look forward and know the shame, pain, and fear too shall pass. Have a good week, and I hope that we have left you with something that you can use or something that someone you know may need and you can help them. Thank you again, and have a great week. Stay blessed. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank you for tuning in to The Scoop with me, Tanya Flanagan. And I want to invite you to get social with me. I'm on Facebook and Twitter. My name is my handle, T-A-N-Y-A-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N. You can also find me on Instagram at Tanya Almanize Flanagan. And if you have a thought, an opinion, or a suggestion, don't hesitate to shoot me an email to tanya.flanagan at unlv.edu. Thanks again for joining in. Stay safe and have a great week.